you might choose to go back to work because finances are tight, but if the general feeling still is we should still be quarantined, do you want to bring an outsider into your home to watch your children? Because you don't know who they've been exposed to. You know, in our neighborhood, it's a very lovely community, and after the garbage gets collected, generally somebody within a couple of houses will bring all the garbage pails back to your garage. And Richie looked out this morning. He said, I don't know if I want somebody touching my garbage pails. This week, what do you tell your kids if they're scared with the pandemic going on? How do you handle the economic pinch as a couple? Dr. Karen Sherman is here to help answer your COVID-19 related questions. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm going to keep this short. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. You should know that we have a website, hitchedmag.com, with thousands of articles, our complete podcast archive with over 500 episodes, a free weekly newsletter, and more. If you like this podcast, please leave a rating or review to help encourage others to join. And without further ado, enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again with the lovely, the brilliant, the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. Hello. Uh, So we are still in quarantine. (laughs) Uh, And so I thought uh, last week we did uh, some COVID-19 slash coronavirus uh, questions and topics that we, we hit on. Um, today I thought we would take some more COVID questions. Um, and these are just some things that as time has gone on, uh, I've started to think about a little bit more. And before we got onto this call, uh, you know, you and I were discussing how we might not have really great answers, but we're going to give this a shot. Um, because it is very tough. So my first question for you is, uh, for the parents out there, what can you tell your kids if they it, th- this quarantine is becoming a real reality for them and they're they're getting scared? Well, I think first what I would do is tell them that you really are very glad that they're talking about their feelings um, and that they can always talk about their feelings and that you understand that they might be scared right now. Um, But that in reality, there are lots of really, really smart people who are working very, very hard to find a way to um, get things better fast. I mean, obviously, you have to change your language depending on the age. And there's a, a general rule when you're talking to children to give information amount based on the age of the child. So you're going to tell a 10-year-old is going to be different than what you're going to tell a five-year-old. Um, you know, but that, that, that there are a lot of efforts being made uh, all over the world to find um, out how to get this, you know, under control and to get a vaccine. Mm-hmm. And that you know, you feel fairly certain that there will be something that 
uh, will be found very soon. Mm-hmm. And again, a lot of it has to um, be presented in a way where you don't sound scared, even though you might be, because children can pick that up. Right. So for the sake of your children, you have to present it in a way that is reassuring. Okay. Um, this is going to be a slightly tangential uh I'm, I'm going to try to bring some brightness to this conversation because it's <laughs> so much of this is tough. So I recently read a book. I binged it. Actually, it's by Michael Lewis called The Fifth Risk. Um, Michael mm-hmm. Lewis, people know him because he wrote Moneyball and The Big Short and The Blind Side. And um, he takes like really complex issues and makes them very relatable and Mm-hmm. Interesting and engaging. Anyways, he's great. So he talks about government competency. Like that's what the fifth risk is about, government competency. Mm-hmm. Um, and to your point about like kids being scared, he talks to um, the people at NOAA, uh, the National Oceanic uh, Weather Service. I, I'm screwing up the acronym, but it's it's a, it's the nation's weather service, right? Okay. A- atmospheric. Um, anyways. Um, and he talks about, you know, like tornado chasers and like people that got into meteor- meteorology. Um, and it came back to, he was like, you know, and most, like when you talk to these meteorologists, one of the things, and climatologists, one of the things they'll tell you is, you know, I was a kid, a tornado hit my town, it scared the bejesus out of me, but then I became fascinated and I wanted to help solve the problem. And mm-hmm. the book goes on to talk about like all the advancements that we've made in being able to predict tornadoes, for example, and, and the amount of warning time that people are now getting because these kids were scared because of this mm-hmm. thing they experienced. And then they then took that and used that as their motivation later on in life. Mm-hmm. And as uh, we're talking about, you know, kids being scared now, uh, I th- like a part of my brain starts thinking, I wonder how many kids are going to want to become scientists and doctors uh, and nurses because of what they're seeing today and mm-hmm. thinking about, oh, we need uh, a vaccine for this. I want to be able to be that person in the future that can help mm-hmm. solve this problem. So sure. anyways, sure. trying to, <laughs> like I said, it was a bit of a Quite tangent. Possible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So number two I have for you, how can you prepare for uh, prepare your kids for the uncertainty of school and in particular, not knowing when they're going to go back. I was watching the news this morning and, um, I want to say it might've been Delaware where they just extended the time off of when they're mm-hmm. going to make sure that the schools are staying closed. And so this is a very fluid thing where, you know, a lot throughout the country, a lot of it started off with, you know, we're going to close the schools for two weeks. And then it was like, well, we're going to go a little bit further. And some schools I know have mm-hmm. just said like, look, we're out until summer. Like we're just yeah. calling it right mm-hmm. now. Um, and so how can you prepare your kids with this uncertainty with school looming? I think that one of the things that's scariest, whether you're a child or an adult, is when there is uncertainty and you don't know what's coming. So it it might be best to say that it's quite possible that you're not going to have school the rest of this year. Um, It's wonderful that school is creating ways for you to continue to learn. Um, And we're fortunate in this country that we have ways for teachers to still teach you. 
but I think that maybe the best thing for us to do is think that you're not going to go to back to school this uh, this year because that will give the scientists, the doctors, all the people who are the ones who really can protect us now, the time that they need to do that job, to protect us. Now, if it turns out that you do go back to school earlier, great. But I think probably we should think that you're not going to go back to school because that way you know, you won't be disappointed like, oh, it's going to be in two weeks. Oh, it's going to be in three weeks. Oh, it's going to be in four weeks. And then each time it gets longer and longer and longer. So let's think about that it's going to be for the next couple of months. And maybe we'll be surprised and it'll be be better. But again, to keep learning during this process. So so if uh, to, to try to like summarize, basically prepare your kids for the worst. Uh, yeah, that just just so you can establish that long term expectation. So then you don't have right. to continue to have this battle every two weeks if, right. if you're in a place where it continues to get extended. Exactly. Okay. Now, this, of course, has nothing to do with this present situation. But um, I had a hip replacement and I remember that. With my second hip replacement, the doctor said to me, well, I had a patient who was 90 years old and in, I forget the time frame, but it was a very small time frame. She was on an airplane flying to Europe and going skiing. And because he presented it to me that way, when I was not able to get around easily in that time frame, I got very upset. Mm-hmm. Um And it was because of what he set up with my expectations. Expectations have a lot to do with how you end up reacting and how you end up feeling. So I think, as you said, we're better off setting the expectation for a lengthy time. And then if it's sooner, great. But this way, you're not going to be disappointed you know, with each, oh, I thought it was going to be now. Oh, I thought it was going to, how come you said it was going to be this time and it's not this time. So yeah, that's what I would do. Okay. Um, I'm actually going to jump ahead in uh, Mm -hmm. some of the questions I sent you. So after kids have experienced this homeschooling, uh, Mm -hmm. they they might think that they don't need to go back to school. Like what's Mm -hmm. the point of going Mm -hmm. into school if I can Mm -hmm. do it from home? Can you discuss uh, some of the social skills that are learned in school and why it's important? And are there ways that parents can help supplement what they're missing out on? Okay. So first of all, I don't think from what I've been hearing from my grandchildren and from, you know, stories of other friends and their grandchildren, I don't think most children are relishing this time where they are being quarantined. Mm -hmm. I can say that there aren't some children who might not feel like, you know, what do I need to go back to school for? Because though they might say, you know, what benefit do I get from school? I can learn on my own. The isolation, I don't think, is something that they are enjoying. Um, It's really important to be among friends, to be connecting. The brain is a 
um, part of our biology, of course, that has many functions, but among them is the need to socialize, the need to have relationships. Now, obviously, we may vary in the degree to which we need it, but we do need to connect and relate to people. Um, so, you may call them social skills, but what I'm saying is there's just this basic need to be around people. Um, so, you know, again, because fortunately we're in the United States, there are lots of ways that we can continue to connect, whether it be with Skype or Facebook or Zoom. And I do believe that a lot of the kids are doing that mm -hmm. because um, it is a way to still maintain some kind of relationships. Um, now, whether they're actually learning some of the decorum, probably not. And that is an important skill. It's important to know um, taking turns and um, following instructions when you're in a group and things like that. And we are losing that. Um, many children are not only children, they're siblings. Um, and so this is going to be a very trying time uh, for them because they're probably getting on each other's nerves more than usual. Right. Um, and parents are working at home, and so they can't necessarily spend the time with their children that they would want to. Um, so, so, yeah, this is going to be a really challenging part of this whole situation as far as overseeing the children, um, managing the way they're behaving with each other. Um, I, uh, if I may interject really quick. Sure. I, I uh, was, uh, I can't remember if I was reading or listening to it, but anyways, it was, a, I think it was a Harvard professor talking about what we are learning about uh, our education system through the, through this mm -hmm. process and mm -hmm. how it will probably change some of our education system basically, uh, because there's been so much resistance to, um, online courses and things. And mm -hmm. he was highlighting how we might find that it's just as efficient or more efficient to do some courses online. Um, hmm. and it, we will find that it doesn't work for other courses. And mm -hmm. he talked a lot about how when it comes to the critical thinking aspect, which, you know, a lot of the college professors talk about, that's what you learn in college is not right. so much, uh, you know, being able to memorize things, but being able to think through things. Right. And he mentioned how when you're in a classroom, you can pick up on the cues that to, to your talk, to, to your part about how we are communicative animals, um, mm -hmm. you can pick up on these social cues. So you can look out to your classroom and you can see that a student mm -hmm. isn't quite getting it based on their mannerisms. Mm -hmm. And then he can ask them a question and follow up. And so you're losing that when you do these teleconferences, yeah. when you don't get to see everybody's faces, particularly if you're teaching a large lecture room where you're able to scan mm -hmm. the crowd. And so, um, get, you know, kind of answering my own question a little bit, like, what are we losing? Like that, that's something that you can't replicate very easily. I'm not saying that no. it'll never be possible. Uh, but, uh, right now with what we're using and how we're doing it, uh, it just seems like that is, 
that seems like that is a critical thing that's being lost right now. So that would be one thing that's necessary, particularly when you're talking younger kids too. If you know if the teachers up there teaching the class to uh, elementary school kids, they can absolutely mm-hmm. see what kids are paying attention, which ones aren't, which ones are getting it, which ones aren't. Uh, and so you have you have that dynamic that's being lost. Well, yes, and I think the children also as far as the social skills, by being in the actual classroom environment, can look to see whose hand raised first and give them their turn first, or look around and see the reactions of other children. So there is clearly a benefit to being in a classroom as opposed to just getting the material in a one-way direction. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not just the teacher looking out at the classroom and seeing their faces, but the children are actually getting a chance to um, get nonverbal communication right. from one another. Uh, another slight tangent here. Um, so there's a documentary series at, uh, on Netflix called Ugly Delicious, and it's it's a food show. But um, anyway, there is an episode where uh, the host, David Chang, he travels to uh, Japan because he wants to look at the uh, food system within the elementary schools. And mm-hmm. uh, he goes to this one school where uh, it's, you know, really healthy meals, bento boxes, things. Um, but the thing that was most striking was that the six-year-olds served the other students. And mm-hmm. they cleaned up after each other. Uh, mm-hmm. And they... Uh, were given the uh, agency to choose how much food they wanted uh, when they were getting their lunch so that they knew how to portion control their meals. Um, mm. But the the one of the things that they emphasized was teaching kids how to be servants um, to the community and how to be mm-hmm. generous to the community and those social interactions of being able mm-hmm. to engage and, and communicate, like, how much do you want? Like, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Like, all that stuff, those intangibles mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Uh, it would be very easily lost even if you had siblings. It would be, a, you know, a tough lesson to learn, a tougher lesson to learn, I should yeah. say. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Good tangent. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Um, okay, so then I want to get off the the kid school thing, uh, and move on to a different one. Um, if you as a family are feeling the economic pinch, uh, but you can't go out and use your skill set, that's uh, like an in-person hands-on type of a skill set. Uh, that's where your paycheck has, uh, come from. Mm-hmm. What recommend recommendation do you have for th- those families? wait for the government check to come to help out or do, do they need to pivot and try to find something else? I think it's, you know, I think certainly the government checks are going to help, but it may be time to sit down and have a family talk and figure out ways that you can sort of, um, cut things down a little bit. Um, you know, certainly by quarantine, people aren't spending a lot of money going out anymore. Um, I've spent a lot less money than I normally do because what am I spending it on? Uh, but you know, but there might be other ways that you could also, um, 
pull in the budget a little bit. Um, the other thing, and I, I don't know how people will react to this, but there are lots of companies who are now hiring because there's a need where there never has been one before. For instance, um, Amazon's hiring a lot of people, uh, you know, delivery services, things like that. And I suppose that if you're really in a pinch, um, you could, you know, you could take a job like that. Um, these are not going to be jobs that are going to be needed when this is all over, and you're not going to need it when this is all over, hopefully. Right. Um, but it's it's tough. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, you know, and, and this is one of the questions, Steve, that when I saw it, I said, oh, I, I don't really know how to respond to that. Have you got any ideas? Um, I, you know, I kind of gave a false question a little bit in that I said, you know, wait for this or do that. And I think it's a, it's an all everything kind of approach. At least that's what I would do. I would, uh, you know, wait for the check and try to find another job, uh, mm -hmm. if it's necessary. Um, and then beyond that, I know that there are a lot of programs out there, um, where utility, like, I, I don't know about you. I'm assuming that it's also true, but my inbox has been flooded with COVID-19 response mm -hmm. emails. Like this is what our company is doing. And mm -hmm. uh, part of those emails that I have received have come from the electricity company, my gas company, my mortgage lender, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. all of them. And they have mm -hmm. all said something to the effect of like, we're here to help um, mm -hmm. with various – in varying degrees. So it might be suspending payment or suspending late fees or mm -hmm. um, putting a moratorium on certain things. So I think that would also be something to explore. Sure. Particularly if you feel like you can put together a game plan so that when this is all over, you can make good on all these things that you're pushing off later. Because one thing I don't, you know, I also fear is people saying like, oh, I can, I don't have to pay that now. Uh, but you, you should have a plan to pay it in the future if that's what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I do agree with you that, uh, you know, looking to see what is available, um, can, can help, but I, I think it, I think you're right. Like there are no easy solutions to this and which is, which is why the government has agreed to step in to try to backstop a lot of the pain that a lot of people are going to feel. Um, mm -hmm. but I, I love the idea of cutting back as well. And I think when you consider, you know, I'm in California where people have to drive everywhere to get anywhere. Um, how much gas is not being purchased? Like, you know, right. I know, people spend hundreds of dollars a month on filling up the gas tank. That's money saved, you know? Right. So if that's right. money you're not spending right now, uh, you know, hopefully you, you hold on to that and, and don't right. use it elsewhere. So I think looking at things like that, getting rid of some of the services that you're not using, at least for the time being, mm -hmm. particularly if the, you know, let's just, for example, if you go to a yoga studio and there you're on a month to month basis there, well, it's quarantine. You can't, you can't go there. And if mm -hmm. they're not suspending their memberships for you right now, like you should just cancel so that they're not mm -hmm. taking the money out of your account. So yeah, think things like that. So I think that was a great idea as well. Um, okay. I'm going to move on to the last question I have for you. Mm -hmm. Thinking ahead at a certain point, people will start going back to work. Um, and the thing that I find 
most interesting slash complicated is that timeline may not line up with when kids are allowed to go back to school, Mm -hmm. Uh, which means parents will have to figure out what, you know, what kind of childcare their kids are going to get if they have to go in all of a sudden again, uh, Mm -hmm. when their kids aren't and there's nobody there to take care of them. Do you have thoughts on that? Should they start planning for babysitting services now? Uh, yeah, think? I think they have to start planning for babysitting services, for some kind of, um, you know, caretakers. The only other thing I thought of when I saw this question is that maybe they could do some swapping of kids, um, you know, where if there are some parents who are home, they watch the kids for, you know, when they're not going to work and, you know, helping each other out that way. But that's going to be... Um, a real issue if the kids don't go back to school and some parents do go back. And my guess is that schools may take precautions where they don't want to reopen, but yet some businesses will start to reopen. And if parents are having an economic pinch, they're going to want that opportunity. Right. Um, It may have to be that if there are two parents in the home, that one continues to work at home and the other one goes back to work so that you do it that way. Or, as I said, that somehow um, you line up, you know, friends or other people. But it's hard. It's it's I I don't really know what the answer is going to be for that, you know, and, and you might choose to go back to work because finances are tight, but if the general feeling still is we should still be quarantined, do you want to bring an outsider into your home to watch your children? Because you don't know who they've been exposed to. You know, in our neighborhood, it's a very lovely community, and after the garbage gets collected, generally somebody within a couple of houses will bring all the garbage pails back to your garage. And Richie looked out this morning. He said, I don't know if I want somebody touching my garbage pails. Right. You you know, Um, which it didn't even strike me. But, yeah, I don't know where that person has been. So it's horrible, the paranoia. But, again, you have to prepare for it, but you, you don't know. You just don't know. There's a woman in our development who has now self quarantined because she was with her daughter who worked in an office of six and three of them were diagnosed wow. positive. Wow. Yeah. That's, Hard. Yeah. Um, you know, again, when we, when I sent these questions to you, uh, your, your reply was, this is going to be tough. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, you know, I don't think we have the answers. These are, um, our, our best guesses at some of this stuff. Um, I think, you know, some of the stuff that you talked about, you know, those are the answers, uh, because of psychology, but, um, these are, these are sticky, tough things. And, and I think, um, yeah, I think parents are going to have to explore all options in so many different scenarios because there are no simple solutions to a lot of this stuff. 
Yeah. Look how long they it took for them to decide to close schools right. for precisely the reason of where were kids going to get their food, where you know, if if the kids stayed home, who were going to, you know, who was going to take care of them. So, you know, whether it is an entire school or district closing or whether it's just in your home, it's the same issues. Very, very hard. Yeah. I, 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 I would say the only other thing that I can think of right now to add is if you are told, you know, uh, we're reopening the office. And if it is a job, by the way, that you can continue to do remotely, um, mm-hmm. you know, maybe request like, Hey, without childcare, like this is, <laughs> this is mm-hmm. almost like an untenable situation for me right now. Like, may I continue to do mm-hmm. this until school's back in session kind of a thing. And, or I, you know, this is, we have a vaccine or I can procure a babysitter that, you know, right. I know has been isolated so that they don't infect my household and I bring it back into the office. Cause that's the other thing that you don't wor- want as an employer is you bring people back into work. The kids get outside help. The kids get the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. They give it to their parent. The parent brings it back into the office. And like the person that you just mentioned, right. half right. the office then comes back down with it. And now you're back to square one again. So exactly. Um, yeah, there, I don't think there's a lot of easy answers to a lot of these really tough questions. Um, and, you know, if I can end with anything, it would be, you know, be kind and nice and generous with people because everybody is under stress right now. So, yeah, um, I think I think we'll just wrap it up with that, Karen, unless you want to yeah. do anything. Yeah, yeah, okay. no, no. OK, I just uh, the only thing I would say is uh, to try to stay positive positive. Um, the more negative we are, the more stress you feel, the more it's going to wear on your health, both mentally and physically. Right. So um, we just have to do the best we can, which is all that any of us can do is um, control our reaction. Right. Uh, ironically, uh, stress attacks the immune system. So. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. Uh, yeah, try to try to like keep that in mind whenever you uh, feel it and then think of the proactive ways you can help alleviate some of that stuff. Um, okay. So with that, we will wrap it up. I, before we do go, however, I do want to let you know that, uh, and I, I apologize for not giving this introduction at the beginning. You have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman. Karen is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. Karen is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can find out more at her website, drkarensherman.com. Of course, you can find this information at our website, hitchedmag.com. In addition to uh, the podcast where we have our entire archive uh, with hundreds of episodes, you can also find uh, information with the thousands of articles that we have. Uh, Plus, we have a newsletter that goes out weekly. And... uh, also find out how to reach us on the social platforms there so please check that out and with that we will uh bid it goodbye for this week and until next time stay safe and take care everybody on top of the world tonight.